Hi, and welcome to episode 18 of Tegan Goes Vegan. I am your host, Tegan Karuna. First of all, I wanted to say that I'm really sorry about the lack of an episode last week. I had a crazy audio malfunction that I've never had to deal with before. Um, and we're still trying to fix the episode so that I can put it up eventually. Um, hopefully, I'll have that for you sometime soon. But in the meantime, or not even in the meantime, this week, I have Tim Haft. He is the founder of Punk Rope and a bunch of other fitness like cool fitness things that you can do. And he is an incredibly thoughtful and very interesting guy. So here's my interview with Tim Haft. Tell me, yeah. have you been vegan your whole life? No. So I became vegetarian uh, in 1983. Uh, which is a long time ago. And um, the story is, I, I actually did not have any vegetarian friends. I don't know if you want the story. You, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah okay. the whole point is the story. Okay, okay. all right. So I was, um, I was 23, and I was in um, graduate school, and I was studying sociology. Um, and I really hadn't thought much about... Um, my food choices. I hadn't thought much about animal rights. You know, I, to be honest, I really just hadn't thought much. Period. Um, <laughs> right. which, you know, which is kind of sad, but it's true. And you were young. Don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, I was. I suppose. I suppose I was young. And I was reading a, it. Was a textbook about um, the industrial revolution, and they were talking about. Uh, what essentially was the start of factory farming way, way, way back. I think this was maybe in the 1920s or so. Um, and there was a pretty graphic description of a slaughterhouse. Um, and I'm reading this, and it just, you know, it just hit me. It's like a ton of bricks. I said, I can't. I can't do it anymore. I cannot, you know, because I loved animals. That wasn't really an issue, but... I just hadn't thought about my food, and all of a sudden, I decided that's it. It's the end. I'm not going to do it anymore. And the next day, uh, you know, I stopped eating meat, but I wasn't vegan. Um, I continued to have pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, pizza was the that was my Achilles heel. And you're a New Yorker, so and I'm a New Yorker, yeah. so that's our it's our native dish. <laughs> um, so I continued on that path for about 27, 28 years or so. Oh, wow. Uh, vegetarian. And vegetarian to the extent where I wasn't wearing any wool, I wasn't wearing silk ties, I wasn't wearing leather shoes, but I was having pizza. So <laughs> that's, that's really interesting. How did you make, like, how did you come to that conclusion that you didn't want to use animal products in your clothing but dairy, it was still like you were still able to eat dairy. I think I think it was a certain degree of naivete. You know, mm. I think it was the distinction that I made, and it really didn't make a lot of sense. But it was just that the leather, the wool, the silk, etc., uh, was so visible, and it was so obvious what the origin was. 
And with dairy, I just didn't really take the trouble to think about it, um, what the conditions were, you know, where the cheese was coming from, um, how the dairy animals were being treated, or maybe it was partly I just didn't, you know, I, I wanted to turn a blind eye. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it caught up with me. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't have taken so long. But um, 2000, I want to say 2011, I'm a little fuzzy on the exact date. I ended up uh, getting bronchitis and was pretty sick. Um but I pushed through, and at that time I was teaching fitness classes, and I was actually way up in um, Portland, Maine. Um, not living, but I was visiting, and taught a class, and I'm just I'm coughing up a storm, um, and then I'm running a really high fever, um, and I'm with I'm with my partner at the time, and I'm, I'm actually visiting my parents, but I'm I'm feeling about as sick as I've ever felt in my life, and so we decide to go back to New York on the bus. And it's a really painful trip, and it's reminding me of, um, I don't know if you ever saw Midnight Cowboy. No. Oh, okay. Well, there's a scene with Dustin Hoffman, and he actually dies on a, on a Greyhound bus. Oh, but anyway, no. <laughs> um, and I'm feeling a little like Dustin Hoffman in that scene. And I get home, and it's, you know, I'm getting a little scared, so... Um, I decide to go to the ER, and it turns out we have a friend. Uh, her name is Seanette. She's an ER doc. She's on, uh, she's on shift, and she is at um, one of the local hospitals, and she says, come right in, tell them you're my friend, and I'll see you right away. So um, I walk over there. And they do some tests, and she looks at me and she says, listen, you know, if it wasn't you, um, I would put you in the hospital overnight. Um, And your lung function is next to nothing. Uh, You're in pretty bad shape. And, you know, you really really should stay here, but I'm going to let you go. But she goes, I really want you to reconsider veganism okay (laughs) so i mean this is my doctor Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay so that was it next day this was december it was right around christmas um and i think it was 2011 uh might have been 2010 and that was that was it became vegan that on the spot um i had already you know unloaded all the uh non-vegan clothing so that was a non-issue it was really it was really the pizza so Um, so basically your friend waited until you were at your most vulnerable point and then said you really should do this so what i'm learning is that that's how we should talk to people we should wait till they're really sick (laughs) and then jump in there and pounce in what was her rationale to be honest it wasn't it wasn't the first time her i think her rationale was had you been vegan you would have fought this off more effectively. Your immune system would have been stronger. She already knew that I was, you know, very um, sympathetic to animal rights. Mm-hmm. That you know, she knew what my ethics were. But as a physician, she just thought I needed to go that one extra step. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. I'm glad she pushed me. And um, 
her husband as well. Uh, and it was an easy transition. It was so simple, really. It just, you know, I never looked back, but I accept to think, why did it take so long? That was the only thing that, you know, I looked back on. Mm-hmm. So, so when you made the transition from vegetarian to vegan, what, it, it sounds like it was an easy transition because you were almost all the way there already. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, was there anything that was particularly difficult or anything that was easier than you expected it to be? Well, I think I've been asked that so many times and I don't, I have to say nothing was particularly difficult. Um, it was a really simple transition and maybe that was the surprise that it was as easy as it was. And I think that's a good lesson to share with folks that are contemplating the transition just to give your own personal story that, you know, hey, it for me anyway, it was actually really easy. And there, you know, there were no struggles, there were no regrets. There yeah. Just did it. Happy that I did it. Um I don't uh preach, but I'm always happy to share my story. So one of the things that I I have a little pet theory about is that people who know how to cook have an easier transition. Do you mm-hmm. do you like to cook or are you a good cook? Is that something that you incorporate into your life on a regular basis? You know, I do, but uh, New Yorker and cook, <laughs> they don't necessarily go together. No, I think, you know, people are busy everywhere. Um, I do like to cook. Uh, am I a good cook? I think I have a few um, strong dishes <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm working on some others, but I totally agree with you. I think that makes it, you know, far easier uh, than somebody who's relying on either dining out, um, or somebody else to cook for them or, you know, whatever the case may be, that's a lot tougher. And I, I wonder if that's going to change now that we have so many more convenience foods. I just saw today that, um, Daya is putting out a bunch of salad dressings, probably to com- to compete with Hampton <laughs> Creek, and you know, like there's so much more of that. It's so true. I mean, I think if you had to say when, in the course of human history, would you want to become vegan, at least in terms of convenience, you know, the answer would be March third, two thousand sixteen. Right. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's unbelievable, and. Um, you know, because I'm a little older than some of the people that I know who are either starting on this journey or or who have been vegan for a while, to think back, uh, New York, Philadelphia, 30 years ago, I don't know. Maybe there was one or two vegan restaurants in New York. Now maybe there's 40 to 50. Philadelphia is unbelievable. It's just been an explosion. Mm-hmm. So right now we- we're we're running our annual vegan cheesesteak competition. There's yeah yeah I think there were sixteen to twenty entries, which is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing, and um, I think it's a great sign. You know, I think it's very encouraging, and you know, I think my only issue, and this is sort of off topic but 
being a member of some of the vegan Facebook groups, um, I just I want vegans to be as compassionate towards their, you know, their fellow man as they are towards animals. Oh, and, you have you have now touched upon my favorite <laughs> thing to talk about, which is that okay. vegans should be compassionate towards non-human animals and human animals equally. Absolutely, I I couldn't agree with you more. And it's a process, you know, and I think, um, so I guess, what, yeah, has, sorry, no, what, yeah. what has it been like for you being part of vegan social media? Like what, what has that experience taught you about your own veganism and then about like the world as well? Yeah. Well, as far as my own veganism, I'm not sure, um, that it's done much more than reinforce uh, the you know the decision that I feel I feel very good about it. I feel very good where I am now in terms of just my path, my values. I feel like I'm living my values, which is a good thing. I think you know there's there's some integrity there. Um, the world at large. I think there's a lot of people that are angry and hurt and sad. And the, the issue, you know, as a person that grew up without social media initially and now has to dive into it, you know, for business reasons and otherwise, I think it's just very easy um, to almost carelessly make statements that might hurt others and and you just don't necessarily think about it until the damage is done it's very easy to lash out um and it doesn't make the person who lashes out a bad person it just means they they weren't able to find a way to be compassionate in that moment um and i don't blame them to some extent i blame social media it's just so easy now Mm -hmm. And the cynics and the sarcastic people among us, uh, they love it. <laughs> it's, you know, it's awesome for them because you can just dive into any conversation and make a snarky comment and sort of think, ha-ha, you know, I'm so clever. But are you really that clever or are you, you, know, are you just hurting yourself, hurting other people? Um, that's sort of my, my take on it. So sometimes when I see... The, um, you know the acrimonious um, back and forth. I'll I'll jump in and try to be a little bit of a peacemaker, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is really irritating. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I think that that's an important role to play. If you're willing to even jump in there, that's yeah, that's pretty impressive to me. I try. You know, there was a lot a lot of back and forth with uh, Nicole Marquis. Um, and her, I don't know, I think it was the Michael Kors leather or speculated that it was a leather handbag. Oh, I don't, I don't know anything about this. Oh, okay. So, you know, that was um, a long string of back and forth that here's this uh, vegan restaurateur who is going national, uh, hopefully, with Hip City Veg. Oh, oh, Okay. Now right. I know. Now I'm putting like the name. I knew the name was familiar. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and 
Supposedly, I mean, I don't know, but supposedly she carries a leather handbag. Hmm. And people were jumping on her for that. And um, there was this big, long discussion, a lot of judgment going on. And my, you know, my take on it is I'm not, I'm really not going to judge anybody. However, if you're, for example, if you're in your role, you know, if you run a um, vegan podcast or you own a vegan restaurant or you're a vegan rock star or whatever, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be, uh, you're going to be a little bit more under the microscope than somebody who's not in that position. And you Mm -hmm. just have to be prepared. That's all. You know, you're going to get asked more questions. There's going to be more criticism. And um, you want to know how to answer and how to, you know, if necessary, defend yourself. And I have no idea what uh, she's been asked about or, you know, whether it upsets her or doesn't upset her. But I think anytime you're a public figure, um, you're under a little more scrutiny and you just have to deal with it. So, but what was interesting was just the extent of the comments back and forth and back and forth and I don't know, it just seemed a little bit like, you know, over the top. It does seem, I I am not familiar with that particular scenario, but I am familiar with that Facebook phenomenon of the back and forth over an issue that ultimately doesn't seem to really it's not that it doesn't matter, but that in the in the grand scheme of things we should be talking about, I don't know how valuable this one little thing is. So as a fitness person, you know, I think about energy a lot and I think about whether you know, it's energy wasted through unnecessary exercise or something that's not going to reach uh, help you reach your goal or it's energy wasted in a um, back and forth social media conversation that's that's going nowhere um it's just important to think about energy you know we it's a it's a precious uh commodity not sure commodity is even the right word but it's resource precious resource precious resource yeah and you know i understand people they want to hear themselves and I think that's one of the values of social media is that anybody can jump on YouTube and put a video out there. Anybody can jump on Facebook or Pinterest or Instagram and, you know, you can take a million selfies and... Anyone I, can just start a podcast about a thing that she's interested in talking to people about. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, I guess anyone could start it. I don't yeah. know that... that uh, anyone could sustain it or <laughs> or actually get people to listen to it but um, but it's very democratic and that's a beautiful thing but it also um, I think it tends to play into folks that do have some issues with uh, just wanting to be very vocal so yeah I've said this before about social media that I think people that have certain challenges, for example, um, you know, people that tend tend to be on the narcissistic side, that 
social media allows them to go really to the to the greatest lengths possible to embrace that part of their personality. And I don't think that's healthy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, right, but right. I, I just, I, enough of my acquaintances and friends, uh, I can see, uh, you know, I guess a more specific example is people I know that um, really want and need sympathy. It, it seems like it's the thing that that keeps them going or uh, there's almost a compulsion to get it. They're the ones that post continuously about bad things that happen to them. And inevitably, because it's social media and there's you know thousands of people that are either reading or listening or whatever the case may be, somebody's going to indulge them. And somebody's going to say, "Oh, so you know, poor you. You got it so rough. Um, you're you're awesome. You're the best. You're about, you know, and on and on and on." And that's what they're looking for. Um, and I don't think that's always necessarily such a great thing. It depends, you know. Yeah, I, I think in in these like vegan spheres, I think we all have the Facebook friends who are really into posting every terrible thing that happens in hopes that people will reach out to them. And that's like a whole issue of psychology way beyond (laughs) my training. Um, But I think like in, in terms of the vegan world there, I think that a lot of it does come from a really caring place in that vegans who are vegans for ethical reasons have a deep compassion for animals and for suffering in general. And I think that, from my perspective, that it's easy to forget that humans can inflict suffering on other humans just by the words that you write on the internet. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that, you know, some good lessons are uh, if you're about to make a post, you know, this is something that would not have happened pre-social media, but you're about to make a post, so maybe compose it offline. <laughs> Seriously, compose it offline. Take a couple of deep breaths. Come back to it. Read it. And in the same way that uh, you would think about somebody doing something harmful to an animal, um, think about the impact that those words are going to have on you know, your, your fellow human and then, and then make a decision. All right, that's, I can live with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna post it. Or maybe you come back to it and you're like, no, that's <laughs> not really what I want to say. And, you know, uh, and then you revise it. And I think it's always healthy just to step back rather than get caught because I think vegans are are extremely passionate people, mm-hmm. and that's one of the beautiful qualities they possess. And they're certainly compassionate. But I think like anybody else, sometimes because of the the convenience of uh, social media, we just, you know, we jump all over each other without really thinking about the, the harm that is going to be done. Yeah, and I actually wanted to go back to what you were saying about energy because you mentioned that you are a fitness person. So yeah. do you, are you able to incorporate anything about being vegan 
into the fitness work that you do? Or is that something that you kind of keep more in in the like social media and like personal activism world that we've been discussing? Um, I think I do incorporate it um, not always directly, but I think the values that come along with veganism um, and the choices that I make are something that I that I always try to express through my fitness work. So, for, as an example, this is a very you know literal example, but the um, punk rope classes that I teach. Um, they're always themed, and so every year I do a World um, Animal Day class, mm-hmm. and I'm very explicit about the decisions I've made for myself. And I think it's just a you know it's sort of an opportunity for me to share the choices that I've made, uh, not necessarily shove them down somebody's throat, but just to open them up to the possibility and let them consider it and maybe share some resources. Uh, and hopefully through that, um, you know, some, some folks might say, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm willing to give that a shot. Or it may not be that they become full-on vegan or, or full-on vegetarian, but instead of dining out at a steakhouse, they try a couple of vegan restaurants. And, you know, I think every little thing that we can do um, hopefully makes, you know, some kind of positive impact so it's not always explicit but i i, I think you know, sometimes it is but it's it's always there it's it's part of who i am and mm-hmm. i can't separate it from my work from uh you know down to the choices i make for my footwear right so you know somebody might be wearing some kind of a leather uh a sneaker and i'm not and they might say, "Oh, that's interesting. Why, you know, why are you wearing that?" And then I'll and I'll explain. And and how do those conversations generally go? Terribly. No. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they um honestly in I, I think I've been very lucky. Um they go really well. Uh, you know, I I hear stories and I read stuff about people being taunted for their veganism, mm-hmm. um, for being ridiculed and all of that. But, uh, I've never, I can't think of really one time in my life where that's been the case. And I don't know if that's just pure luck or it has a little bit to do with how I approach the subject or who is in my, uh, social circle. I mean, sometimes you can't control who you're talking to. But um, for the most part, it's gone very, very well. And I think people walk away um, thinking, which, mm-hmm. which is the goal, you know, think, think a little bit. Where did that come from? You know, how did that end up on your plate? How did that end up uh, as your coat? Um, yeah, make, make a conscious decision. Exactly, exactly. Right. Do you ever... Um, do you ever talk with clients about nutrition? I do um, to some degree, but because it's a little bit outside my scope of practice, I have to be careful. Um, but certainly my own nutritional choices um, always come up, and people are always curious uh, about you know why I made those choices. And then there are 
I think they're even more curious about, well, wait a minute, you know, you're a vegan. And then, of course, you get where, where do you get your protein? Mm-hmm. And then, but then I think that the thing that's most powerful, and we, we're seeing this with social media with, um, and I don't know his name, but there's a vegan bodybuilder from Germany. And, yes. you know, I guess we've all seen him, one of the strongest uh, people in the world. And then lots of others like him. Um, I think they look at me and they're like, all right, this guy's, you know, he's 55, he's vegan, he's fucking strong. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> How is that possible? Yeah, something's not, and he's not big and, you know, it's like, what's going on here? And I think that in, in many ways is, is probably the most powerful message, you know, that we can send that we're healthy. Mm-hmm. We're fit, we're compassionate, we're nice people. Why wouldn't you want to be vegan? Like, it's the best possible choice you can make. There's really no downside. There is no downside. You're absolutely There isn't. There isn't. I can't think of one. No, there's not. There really isn't. And so I think the more more non-vegans come across vegans who are, you know, happy, healthy, etc., it becomes a very attractive choice. And I think that is maybe why now we're starting to see this, this explosion of vegan options. Uh, it's exciting. It's really, really exciting. One of the things that I've noticed um, is that a lot of my non-vegan friends are very happy to eat vegan food. Like mm. we can go out to restaurants to get vegan restaurants and they're happy to eat there. They come to my house. I like to have dinners for my friends, and I just make all vegan food, and it's not even an issue. Yeah, exactly. And I I feel really fortunate for that. And I wonder if a decade ago, if that would have been the case, or if I would have been the weird one. Yeah, I think for sure that, you know, a decade ago, although I wasn't vegan, I was certainly very very conscious of veganism a, a very long time ago. I mean, been veggie since 83. So um, I would say, you know, even being vegetarian, the degree to which one was marginalized 10 years ago compared to today is, is really significant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very big difference. Um, and 20 years ago, more so, and, and you know, so on and so forth. So uh, now... I mean, especially in a, you know, big cities like New York and Philadelphia, you know, you're walking around Rittenhouse or you're walking around the East Village or wherever you might be, and you're routinely coming across, and here's the, here's the key, I think, you're coming across vegan restaurants. All right, that's one thing. But back in the day when I came across even a vegetarian restaurant, it just had that look of Woodstock, you know? <laughs> right, like, right. 1969, Birkenstocks, uh, the menu was very predictable, the, the customers were very predictable, and I'm not, you know, the food was fine, nothing against that, but it was not going to appeal to a, a broader cross-section of the population. Mm-hmm. So now, you're going to, Charlie was a sinner, and you're hanging out with people that wow, that's a hipster over there. <laughs> you know, this person writes for this paper and that's a photographer, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and the same in New York. And it's it's just completely changed 
the the whole game. It's so different now. And not to say that you know being cool is so important, but I think it does help. It does help people that might look askance at vegan restaurants to look inside and be like, "Wow, that place! A, the food's awesome. B, people are really attractive. <laughs> C, it's the decor is cool. You know, I want to be part of that." And yeah, I think that's changing a lot of things. Yeah, and, and people are just able to see other people like them. The vegans aren't some weird offshoot of society <laughs> that is insulated and, and has no social life. Exactly, exactly. You know, this is not some kind of alien nation. This is just, <laughs> you know, just just like you and me. We're all we're all the same. So that's huge, and uh, and it looks like that's just going to continue. Oh, for sure. Especially here. And I'm sure that there are people who will be listening to this who are very jealous of our easy access to these vegan restaurants, but they can rest assured that someday it will come to them too. Yeah. And I think that in, in some ways that's even the more significant change. So as an example, um, my dad went to college um, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He went to Lehigh. It it's was very a, rural out there. Yeah, steel you know, steel town, not anymore, but it was, and it was all kielbasa, <laughs> pierogies. Yeah. Was and now, I mean, that's the home of vegan treats. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Right. It is. <laughs> no, it is. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, vegan treats and a, and a vegan restaurant called Shankara and other places that have vegan options. And 10, 15 years ago, zero. For sure, nothing. And so I think what you're seeing, the explosion in the big cities was predictable, but the shift in the small towns is, for me, more exciting. I think, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden, a kid that grows up, you know, in a tiny town in Pennsylvania or Oklahoma or wherever, you know, for the first time in history, they're being... Um, you know, confronted, <laughs> confronted is not, not really the best word, but they have vegan options. And coupled with the internet and the opportunity to order stuff online, it's, right. I think we're seeing some, some really exciting changes. Absolutely. I, I agree completely with that. And I'm looking forward to the future and seeing what things end up like, end up yeah. being like. Yeah, me as well. Absolutely. So I like to ask my guests to share recommendations for resources that they love. Um, so I was hoping that you had a couple on deck to share with me. Yeah, I do. And now they're not specifically vegan, so I hope that's, that's okay. That's all right. If you find them valuable to yeah. your vegan life, then that yeah, counts. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you had asked earlier about nutrition and... I think any fitness trainer gets asked a ton of questions about nutrition. And I, I just try to be careful and not overstep my, you know, my boundaries. But one resource um, that I really like, and it's, it's a blog, it's a website, it's a certification, but it's a company called Precision Nutrition. And I like them because um, they really do rely on you know, science and good research uh, for all their posts. 
and I have a couple of friends that have done the certification, and it's very impressive in terms of its scope. Um, I think it's very even-handed. Uh, I think it's vegan-friendly enough. And I think as far as somebody, you know, people that like to work out, it's especially valuable. It's a, it's a really mm-hmm. useful resource. Um, so that's my nutrition resource, Precision, precision Nutrition. And then this is very selfish, but, <laughs> but I'm gonna, that's all right. I'm going to give it to you anyway because I think it's a good resource. Um, I have a YouTube channel that includes about maybe 100, 110 uh, videos, uh, instructional exercise videos. Oh, great. What's oh, it called? And so the YouTube channel is it's, it's youtube.com slash, this is my old um, business name it's have to be fit so it's my name h-a-f-t and then the number two the letter b f-i-t so cheesy it's terrible well you're stuck with it now (laughs) it's true i wanted to change i couldn't do it (laughs) youtube sucks but um but i think for people that are looking for some exercise instruction. A lot of it is is jump rope, but some of it is also just basic calisthenics and high intensity interval training. And it's pretty light. Some of it's pretty tongue in cheek. Um, I think it's a nice resource to just you know learn about some basic movements, whether whether it's for core training or lower body strength or upper body. You know, jump rope as I mentioned, um, it's free. So, and it's a really great way to for people to support a vegan trainer. Yeah, you know yeah. we we all know that there are lots and lots of trainers out there who are on the animal protein bandwagon, and knowing that you think about those things a little bit differently is probably a good thing for those of us who care about that. Yeah, I I would like to think that. Um, it's interesting. I was reading one of my old fitness books. A fellow who I really admired and he passed away at a fairly young age i think it was 2003 and there's a little section of his book about gorillas okay and it's so it's fascinating he's brilliant this guy and what's um, his name his name is mel siff s-i-f-f he was a phd in uh, exercise physiology but he was also just a brilliant man very thoughtful and he's talking about, and I don't think he was vegan or vegetarian. I'm pretty sure he was not. But he's talking about gorillas and talking about their diet. And also the fact that they were pretty uh, docile creatures. Mm-hmm. And the sheer power and strength. And that they're so close to us genetically. And he's like, what is going on here? Here's a creature that's unbelievably strong pound for pound eats no meat um maybe i I don't know i you know i'm not sure how much research he did maybe occasionally if there's a fight or something to that effect but but essentially it's it's a strictly vegetarian diet um and through that with what we would consider to be very little protein they're one of the strongest creatures in the world and so if that's the case, and he's, you know, he's speculating, why wouldn't that also be true of us? 
And this is, you know, 2002 or 2001 is before he died. So I thought that was a pretty profound statement. And being a um, exercise physiology expert, it probably raised the eyebrows of a lot of bodybuilders who, you know, and paleo people. They, I guess back then there was no paleo, but, you know, people. It, it, that was like the heart of Atkins era, wasn't it? That's right. That's yeah. right. It was. It was. So he was. He was um, really running counter to everything that was happening at the time. And, and here's a guy who's not even, you know, he's not a professed vegetarian or vegan. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting. And to this day, um, I don't think anyone's really written extensively about that. It's acknowledged, but, but nobody really says, well, wait a minute, here's a creature that's our closest cousin, and here's their diet, and look at them. Look at the power, the strength, the speed. Well, why can't we do that? And of course, we can. So, um, I, th- I find it pretty, you know, pretty fascinating. That is, and I would be surprised if we don't start addressing issues like that in the near future. Yeah. I bet that there will be more research as more people turn towards plant-based diets. Mm-hmm. We're going to want to see some science. And some some evidence about like how this all works. Yes, because I think you know the uh, most fundamental vein level people want to look good. <laughs> so when they realize they can follow a plant based diet, feel good, you know, feel good um, physically, feel good ethically, feel good on so many different levels. But on top of that, look really good, you know, then, wow, then you got the whole package, right? Yeah, that, that is definitely a big motivator for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, if somebody wanted to learn more about your various fitness projects, I know you do punk rope and a bunch of other things. Punk rope is your, yeah. your jump roping. Right massive thing that you have going on you know if somebody wanted to find out more about that what's the best way for them to get in touch with you you know i I actually think email is the best way um although i know some people may not be so comfortable with that so well they should just learn how to write an email there you go there you go i'm a millennial i can say that (laughs) (laughs) uh it's just tim at punkrope.com p-u-n-k-r-o-p-e.com and uh, I'm, I'm always happy to hear from people. You know, I, they can find me on the web at punkrope.com and Facebook, etc. But, um, but I think a direct email is a really nice way to make an introduction. And, uh, and I answer all of them. I can attest to that. <laughs> well, thank you very much for talking with me, Tim. Thanks, Tegan. It was a pleasure. And uh, when I get to Philly... Maybe we, we get to meet and, and say hi in person. Absolutely. I would love that. Yes. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I'm able to meet with some of my Skype guests at some point whenever we're in the same area. Yeah. Everybody's uh, been so interesting and exciting to talk to. Very cool. And thanks for doing this program. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Tegan Goes Vegan is found at TeganGoesVegan.com, on Twitter at TeganGoesVegan, on Pinterest at TeganGoesVegan, 
This show is produced by Tegan and Nathan Karuna, with music by Amanda D'Amato. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving it a rating or a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show more easily. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back soon with more great vegan conversations.